Welcome to a playful edition of ARG Presents. I'm your good pal, Amigo Aaron, joined by a man who today I'm considering a hostile witness. I give you the Brent. I accept that. Yeah, you, you know should what? accept it. I think we should just have a little bit of a, a Coco show and, and call it a day. A Coco show? <laughs> You got the wires crossed, my get, friend. Give me, give me out of play in some PlayStation. Take off, take off. You know, before we get into all that uh, PlayStation talk, I would like to to take a step back and reflect for a moment. For this is our 150th episode of ARG. Yes, I believe you've been around for about 130 of, of these 134 episodes. 134 of them. 134. It feels like every bit of that to me. <laughs> so. Uh, as we look back over the uh, over the distant horizon, what have been your highlights and lowlights in your ARG experience, the Brent? Uh, I think, to be completely honest, there have been a lot more highlights than than lowlights. Uh, some of the emulation, getting the emulations running, the FM Towns Marty instantly comes to mind. That thing is a beast, and I never want to play it ever again. Uh, not to, to say the system is bad, but emulating it is 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 just right out uh i've really enjoyed doing the shows though i enjoy learning new systems i enjoy uh the community that has come around us and really built us up because let's be honest aaron we wouldn't be at 150 if we didn't have good people cheering us on that's true because they've had to put up with a lot of your shenanigans i might add over the 134 episodes you know as we look back, and we've done, I will say, I looked through our uh, playlist on YouTube and looked over at some of those old shows, and we have done some wacky stuff. And I will, yeah. one of the things that I do enjoy, and I never enjoy it until after I've done it, yeah. <laughs> but is one of the things I always enjoy is trying all these cockamamie machines. I've learned so much from doing the show, absolutely, you know, and it's and it's it's glorious. And one thing I've also learned is that no matter what system you pick. Anything from the NASCOM all the way up to the PlayStation, <laughs> there's always some group of people that know everything about it, and yes. you know nothing. And so you wander in like a blind man, feeling around, trying to get some help. But the, the, most of the communities are real uh, receptive. Another thing I like about this show is every week, I wonder how many people are going to take the time to watch it, because our numbers are up and down like a yo-yo, yeah. depending on how which particular system this week, uh, that we uh, uh, are covering. And I think it's a testament, uh, especially to a show that's effectively uh, on a network that at the time when we started was almost entirely based on the Amiga. Yes. That our top couple of shows, uh, our very top show was the uh, TRS-80 Model 100, and by a long shot, which that was a a super obscure system, and our uh, uh, Amigos uh, fights episode, which really wasn't Amigos, it was me and you, although technically you're a sub-Amigo, I guess. But our Atari versus Amiga uh, episode was right up there at the top as well. I had a lot of fun with that one. So we've had uh, we've had good success uh, with some of this stuff. We've had a lot of fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to another 150 big episodes. The downside being I've got to put up with you for another 150 shows. That I can only assume tough. when you say sub Amigo, you mean that I travel underwater. Because that's yeah. that's the only way I'll take it and won't be offended. Trust me, every 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 moment with you is like being underwater. It's, it's, it's I'm joking. I'm begging to get. I'm begging for air, uh, but none comes. Now, so, Aaron, I want to do a quick announcement before we start the show. At, all right, uh, 150. It just happened to line up with something I wanted to do. I've been wanting to do for a long time, and things have finally found its feet, fell into place. We are going to do. An Amigos ARG Presents giveaway. And we are going to give away three lovely items. We are? One item we're going to give away is I have a lovely ARG lanyard, brand new. And we are going to give that to a uh, a lucky winner over the weeks. I also have a coin slot keychain that lights up from uh, New Wave that I want to give away. Those are cool. I've seen those. And then for the grand prize, we are going to be giving away a brand new sealed ready to go 
Dragon's Lair oh Mini. This is a one-sixth scale machine, and I was able, lucky enough, to get uh, two of these when they briefly <laughs> went back on sale. One for myself to keep, which is this one. And then I bought one specifically for the uh, giveaway that we're going to be doing over the coming months. And let me tell you, Aaron, this thing is a absolute beaut. It looks great. I, I've heard nothing but good things about those. The screen on this thing is out of this world. Yeah, it is. It looks awesome. And they have a few of these machines, right? And yeah. I wanted to get something. First of all, Dragon's Lair, iconic arcade game. No doubt about that. Uh, but I wanted to get a mini that was actually playable. You know, they have some of the Street Fighter II minis, and the, the everything's too small, in my opinion, for that kind of stuff. But this is a very playable mini. And the way we are going to do this is over the next several weeks, this is not going to be something that instantly happens, we are going to be picking people out of our community. And we are going to be picking, at random... We're going to be picking people out of Twitch chat. We are going to be picking people out of YouTube comments. We are going to be picking people out of our Twitter following. We are going to be picking people out of people who will send us emails, uh, out of Discord, <clears throat> as well as we're going to be holding a few contests, high score challenges, quiz shows, all of this to fill up a wheel, and we are going to spin that wheel three times to give away all three prizes, uh, completely free. I'm going to be, I'm willing to ship these things anywhere in the world. Uh, the only oh. thing the end user has to worry about is if they've got a VAT tax on their side. I'm going to send it as a gift because that's honestly what it is. Uh, that would be something they'll have to pick up on their end. More details to come. But if you aren't uh, subscribed to the YouTube or if you don't watch us on Twitch, or you're not on our uh, Twitter listings, be sure to do all that. Uh, and I'm going to be pulling those names out at random, loading up a wheel. Like I said, we're going to have a few contests, stuff like that, and give away all of these magnificent goodies uh, to give back to the community that has supported us so much throughout the years, Aaron, through 150 episodes They've really always been there for us. And I wanted to give back, and I know you do too, and that's what we're going to do. Very good. Very well said. And uh, A monumental gift, if I may say, uh, Brett. Those things are, are uh, awesome, super awesome, all those things. I've even got my lanyard over here, which is a pretty cool lanyard too. So that's great. That looks like about 10 spots you'll need to fill on that wheel. So that's, I'm that thinking be 12 because <clears throat> we will also be – introducing a different wheel for the prizes. But that will be way down the line. We'll get to that when we get to it. Wow. This is all news to me, folks. So <laughs> good stuff. Am I eligible to win the Dragon's Lair? You are not. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> Screwed again, everyone. That's great. So stay tuned for more details. By the way, uh, Brent, tell the people what the Twitter handle is. Uh, I, ARG Presents. At ARG. That's right. <laughs> and then you've also got uh, uh, our YouTube is Amigos Retro Gaming. Three words. Yes. Uh, so pop in and see us, please. And we'd love to have you. Very good, Bridster. Very good. I love it, man. By the way, happy 150, my friend. Yes. Happy 150 to you. Half your now, age and we're already there. Take off. So with that out of the way, let's get to the particulars this week. We spun the wheel, but we made the deal and wham, bam. It's a PlayStation. There was some debate uh, on whether this was retro enough. I say it's too retro. It's super retro, man. Uh, you look back on this stuff. We've covered systems that were at least nearly as old as this. So, by God. And we also did Android games. Enough said. So, we will not be bound by the normal constraints of retro. Play whatever we want. And the wheel decided this week we're going to do some PlayStation action. Now, I must begin our uh, conversation on the PlayStation with the... Uh, usual uh question which is did you own a playstation i did not i have <laughs> never owned a playstation you're kidding me nope it's uh, do you and you've never not you don't have one in the house now just sitting around 
Oh, well, I mean, that's possible. Yeah. I have, I kid you not when I say I own probably four or five PlayStations. People just kept giving them to me, man. And so I've got, uh, I've got the uh, the gray ones. Plus I've got one of the little ones as well. Uh, so I, I, plus I've also got the PlayStation mini. So I've got a, a whole slew of PlayStations and a whole, probably 20 of those joysticks uh, with and without the analog control. So the PlayStation got real, real cheap. <laughs> for whatever reason, I guess because they made so many. Yeah, there's but millions of come, them out there, literally. They were easy to come by back in the day. Now, I will say, uh, I didn't own one uh, originally uh, when they came out, but my buddy owned one and bought it right at launch. And uh, it's funny, this just came up on AR, on Amigos the other night, but we would go to his house, he had gotten a projector, and we would play, uh, we would play Tok- uh, Toker, uh, not Toker, so we'd play Battle Arena Toshinden, on it, and we would play uh, 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 just whatever we could get hold of that were you know available at launch. We played, and it was real cool to see it on the big screen. So my memories of the PlayStation are sort of warm and fuzzy, uh, despite the fact that maybe some of the original launch titles weren't the best. Oh, Ridge Racers, another one we used to play up on the big screen. It was a lot of fun. So let's get into the PlayStation a little bit, Brinster. I did a little uh, look-back research on this bad boy. So uh, of course, uh, d- developed by Sony, uh, but they had a lot of help, which we'll get into. Uh, this thing debuted all the way back <clears throat> in Japan, December of 94. People don't think about that. That's a long time ago. 94, Brent. Yeah, I mean, it didn't, still didn't even seem real. To, uh, and in North America in 95, uh, September of 95, and Europe, same time, and Australia, the same time. So Japan had quite a leap uh, in terms of the, when this got launched. Uh, so, uh, this thing, uh, originally priced at 299 us dollars, uh, famously, and, uh, was CD-ROM based with a, uh, R3000 CPU running at 33.8 uh, megahertz, two megs of RAM, a meg of video RAM. So the specs weren't any huge shakes, were they? I mean, they were, I mean, they, of course, what the chips, the, what they put together ended up being a, a pretty powerful 3D system, didn't it? Well, it was definitely uh, powerful for the time. Absolutely. Um, now, I've read some stuff here that, you know, I hey, listen, I am Amigo Aaron. You know, I love I've the heard. Amiga. Yeah. And so I had heard this, but I didn't really know exactly what the depth, the, the width of it. So. When when uh the when Sony decided to get the PlayStation going, of course, famously they were they had tried to get in bed with uh with uh, Nintendo for a while, uh and uh and so forth. But a long story short, they were out there trying to figure out what to do because yep. they're new to the game. So they had no developers working for them to develop titles for their machine that they were working on. So they went out and and they went out and bought the famous company Psygnosis. Uh, Psygnosis ended, uh, became SCE, uh, SCE Liverpool. They paid $48 million for Psygnosis. Now, Psygnosis, of course, known for their, well, um, known by me uh, for their incredible uh, Amiga title. Some were more flash than they were substance, but the, uh, they were really a very classy uh, outfit that had a good rep. Now, this, I, I, hadn't, I knew they were in bed with Psygnosis. I knew they'd bought them. I didn't know this, though. Um, so the when they bought Psygnosis, Psygnosis, among other things, of course, they developed software for them. They actually played a vital role in creating the the original development kits for the PlayStation as well. Oh, so that was kind of that yeah, was kind of interesting. So, yeah, Psygnosis really did, was a big player uh, when it came to uh, when it came to the original PlayStation. Uh, I looked up, you know, I don't know, I know you didn't own one of these. Did you play that many games on the old uh, PlayStation? Yeah, I really did. In college, we had uh, two main systems in the fraternity house where I lived for a while. Uh, We had an N64 and we had a PS1. And the PlayStation didn't get nearly as much play for uh, party games. Uh, And I probably because, you know, two joysticks over four, we could get more people around the Nintendo. Uh, But when it came to people just kind of playing games by themselves... Uh, the PlayStation was definitely the system of choice. And for myself as well, I played quite a few games on it. Uh, you know, at the time, 
Uh, I, I was over the console wars things. I didn't think one system, you know, was better for, than the other just because of its name. But I particularly enjoyed Nintendo 64 things more at the time. Uh, not to say that the PlayStation does not deserve its place in history. It absolutely does. Um, but I was always more of a Nintendo style of game guy. And I didn't spend a whole lot of time with the PlayStation. But it is a, it's a beast of the machine. And you can never uh, understate how important it was to gaming. To add really a challenger to the mix and the new guy coming out and really kicking butt was, was a thing to behold. You know, I looked at this the exact opposite way. I never, in fact, I still sort of look at it this way. I never considered the N64 a, a, a great machine at all. I mean, it's got a, it's got a handful of really good titles, but it, I, a, a lot of it, I just thought they dropped the ball on it. I mean, I mean, and one of the reasons that it looked so weak in comparison to the PlayStation, in my opinion, was the fact that of the, was the media choice, obviously. Uh, they, you know, the PlayStation, uh, and you can say what you will about its 3D, and I'll get to that in a minute, but it had full motion video. It had it had audio, you know, CD-tracked audio out the yin-yang, things that the Nintendo 64 just could physically do, but didn't have a media to support, you know, and those were oh, huge sure. things. Uh, but I don't agree with that. I, I don't think those were huge things. Uh, oh, I do. I, I think having... Here's the thing, Aaron, and I know you are not a fan of Nintendo-style games for the most part, but... That's not true. I like Nintendo-style games. I'm talking your, your Zeldas, your... Oh, no, I do. Those aren't Nintendo-style. We're looking at Final Fantasy on the PlayStation, and I don't like that either. Well, that's Same a thing. That's, that's a completely different style. Anyway, the name Nintendo usually means pretty top-notch games. And even though uh, the Nintendo 64 had a ton of first-party support, it didn't have a ton of third-party support, which is a hindrance, in my opinion. Uh, the games that came out on the Nintendo 64 were a lot a lot of top-flight games. I would say probably three or four of my favorite games of all time came from the Nintendo 64. So I, I think it is just a... Uh, Matter, it's definitely, it's an opinion. There's not a right or a wrong because the PlayStation was a huge selling system with tons of top-notch games. Tons of games that probably couldn't have been done on any other system. So I'm not saying the PlayStation was better or worse. I'm just saying I personally didn't play it as much. Well, I will say two things here. First, uh, I think the PlayStation's got way, way, way more uh, good games than the N64. But on the flip side, it's got at least 10 times as many bad games. Yes. Because uh, unlike Nintendo, Nintendo's classic seal approval, which again, that's sketchy at best, the PlayStation had no such seal. They would approve you for anything. Now, the, the benefit of the CD format was that anybody could release games for it uh, and anyone did. And so you had everything that ranged from like top flight titles to s stuff that they looked like they raised at a barn. It was horrible. Yeah. And that, so both systems had their shovelware, but uh, the PlayStation had a ton of it. Sure. But because it, it had it, tons more s games overall. So just to, just to play in Nintendo's yard, it cost you. Where it's in, in the PlayStation yard, any jerk could wander in. Winos, you know, wild dogs. You never knew what you were going to get. I'll we'll say one thing about uh, the, the the that era, and specifically the PlayStation, but this also, uh, of course, the Nintendo sixty four would fall into this as well. The th at the time, that three D looked awesome. You know, you're like, holy smokes, three D. You sure. look back, and a lot of these games have aged horribly. And the funny thing is. I tend to be more judgmental about 3D games than I do like 8-bit titles. I don't know why that is, but it just I I don't know what it is that makes me think that those titles look so much worse than and clearly like uh, uh the worst 3D title would probably crush stuff on like a you know, on like an old 8-bit like the Coco or something. But oh, I always course. am very judgmental about the 3D stuff cuz a lot of it looks really bad. Well, I think so. 3D came has come so far. I mean, 3D now, it, it's it's incredible. It's like you're playing the CGI cutscenes from last gen. Yeah. Uh, so, but I understand what you're saying. Uh, stuff like Tomb Raider, and not just on the PlayStation, which is overall, 
are the graphics are so sharp you can cut yourself. Yeah. Uh, I should say that when the play- here comes Sony, they've never released a console. Then they they released the PlayStation, and it stomped a mud hole in the competition, Brent. Absolutely, a mud hole. Uh, th- this thing sold, I believe, in excess. Yeah, here it is. Units sold, a hundred and two million units sold. That's a ton. That's yeah. a ton of units. That's why you can get these things so cheap. You know, uh, just for fun and real quick, I I got a list of the top. Uh, 10 or so titles on the PlayStation. Just kind of look over them, uh, Brent, and and get your thoughts. And I'm just going to run through these real quick. Uh, selling 6 million units was Metal Gear Solid, which was a Obviously a great title. game. Yeah, you I, that was a real unique game. Yeah. And I remember me and you renting the original Metal Gear on the, uh, what was the NES back it's in the day. Totally different everything. Yeah, so. but I'm just saying, <laughs> pretty wacky. Uh, number nine, Tomb Raider 2, another Amiga uh, uh, developer core. Uh, they also they sold sixty six point eight million. Uh, of course, what can you say about Tomb Raider? It was great. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, which was sort of the almost like the unofficial mascot for the for the PlayStation. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I, I will say, Crash Team Racing is a, is one of my favorites on PS two. Uh, it sold six point eight two million. Uh, Harry, this one surprised me, Brett. Uh, uh, Argonaut. Uh, this one's because it also develops against the Amiga. This one was Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, Eight million units on that one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, number. This one didn't surprise me because it was a huge franchise. Number five, uh, Tekken three. Yeah. It sold eight point three million units. Tekken. I was uh, I, personally for the PlayStation where Tekken really came into its own early. I like Tekken two. That was my game. I thought that was an awesome game. Uh, number four, and here we go. Uh, Final Fantasy VIII. That's right, eight. Who'd have thunk that? Me. Uh, <laughs> I thought Final Fantasy VII would be the big it's, seller. It's, it's up there. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII with 8.6 million units. The Final Fantasies on the uh, on the Sony cannot be under... It can't be... Uh, uh, you have to appreciate the, the popularity of that, even if you don't like them. Uh, number three... Another franchise that was uh, synonymous with the Sony, Gran Turismo 2, Brent, 9.3 hmm. million units. Did you, did you get into the Gran Turismos? Not until San Andreas. <clears throat> the number two best-selling game on the PlayStation, Final Fantasy 7. Yeah. That's two <laughs> Final Fantasies here in the top, in the top four. Uh, it sold in excess of 10 million units. Pretty pretty huge. Yeah, you played that one. You, oh you yes. beat that one, didn't you? And the number one selling game. Do you have a thought on the number one game? See, I, I'm I'm shocked there hasn't been a sports title yet. Well, technically, Gran Turismo is a sports title. Eh, sorta. All right, get, give it to me. Gran Turismo sports oh. title number one game. Ten point eight million. 10.8 million game uh, units sold on, on Gran Turismo brand. So boy, boy that franchise listen, fell off the map. It's a that's a top ten that's uh, kind of top heavy when it comes to the uh, the <laughs> couple of these games. I mean, the Gran Turismo and Final Fantasy clearly ruled the day when it comes to the PlayStation. So there you go. So we had a a, a multitude a multitude of huge choices. library. When it comes to uh, picking games this week, and I'm going to tell you, I'll lead the dance this week, <clears throat> Brent. And I will say this: I went into this, and I was just like overwhelmed because I knew how big and creepy the PlayStation Library is. I mean, it really is uh, uh, the whack, one of the wackiest libraries in all of gaming, isn't it? I mean, it's just it's insane what's out there. Yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of straight up junk, yo. But there's so many good titles. There's a lot of hidden gems. I didn't. I discounted all that. I, I for some reason, I was going through a Cowboy Bebop, the Japanese anime. I was going through a thing this week. I was like, man, I'm going to play me. Some, I'm going to see if there's a game based on Cowboy Bebop because I knew there was. Yeah. And I looked at that game, and I was disappointed in the game because it was a. It was like sort of a, a shooter, you know, which is not. That's not what I would say. It represents Cowboy Bebop, you know, going around shooting, flying a spaceship. So then I thought, well, what other animes do I like? And so this is how I came to choose the game I choose, because this is a pretty random game. I ended up choosing, uh, bam, Ghost in the Shell, yes. uh, Brent, for the PlayStation. Uh, Ghost in the Shell uh, was uh, was one of my favorite uh, shows. Now, I, I, we should get into the, the uh, 
the well, what Ghost in the Shell is, I'm not going to get into because it's a pretty deep show, but I'll get into exactly where it came from. So, uh, there was an manga uh, from a fellow named uh, uh, Masumi Shiro, okay. And as most big mangas go, this t- got turned into a film, and the film was pretty well received called Ghost in the Shell. I've seen the film, uh, the dubbed in a, for America version of Ghost in the Shell. And I was not the biggest fan. And one of the reasons I didn't like it was because I didn't like the voice acting in it. And thankfully for me, the voice actors all came back to do the game. Uh, But uh, uh, it was an interesting uh, futuristic look uh, at where uh, technology and man have combined. And, uh, you know, it's really it's it's very futuristic technology driven with a with a still with a foot in reality where there's lots of conflict. I mean, there's like, you know, lots of stuff like uh, uh you know, ter- hacker terrorists and people taking over each other's bodies and cyber cyborgs and whatnot. The stuff I like. And of course, uh, that you, uh, are following an outfit called section nine, who is like a futuristic, like special forces basically. Uh, so I was really into the show that came after the movie, which is called ghost in the shell standalone complex. Love that show. One of my all time favorite shows. So I'm a big fan of the, of the material. And so when I saw this was a game, I had to jump on it. And, of course, the popularity of the show and the uh, movie uh, spurned forward the game, although the game predates the uh, standalone complex. But it basically was a game that was based on the movie to a certain degree. Um, this was produced by Exact uh, in Japan uh, and w- was released uh, in Japan in 97 uh, July. And then the rest of the world got it in uh, later on down the line in uh, 97 and Europe got it in 98. So what is this game? We're going to jump right into it. This because it doesn't appear anywhere else. Uh, in this game, you control, basically, uh, uh, you are in charge of a, uh, a, a, a small, I guess the best way to describe this thing, Brett, would be like, so like a small spider-like robot. Yes, I mean, you're actually absolutely. in it. You're, it's, a, it's an outer shell is what it is. Uh, and you are, and you go around and do missions, basically for uh, your for your outfit, for for uh, your you know, basically they're policing missions. You're going around trying to stop terrorists and stuff. Um, the the little thing you're driving around in is called a uh, uh, fuchkomi, a fuchkoma. It's a uh, it basically when you get into it, you look like a dork. I mean, I, they show occasionally they'll show someone popping out of one, and it it looks like you're smashing yourself into like. Almost like a clown car. It, it doesn't really look comfy. <laughs> it doesn't look comfy or sensible to be in these things. Plus, these things, it's funny in the show, these things have, and in this game, too, they have their own little personalities, and they're real childlike in a, in a, in a weird way. It's very strange. They talk, you know, and whatnot. But anyway, you're you're in one of these things, and basically this game is set up as in 12 missions, and then there's some training missions. And the whole game takes place in inside these little robots, and your job is to go around and fulfill the, whatever obligations for that for that particular mission is. Uh, some missions will have you going around and trying to find bombs. Uh, some missions there are missions where you have to go around and just try to kill enemies. There's missions that even take place as like an on rail shooter in a weird way. So they they do a decent job of kind of mixing it up through the twelve missions. You play a fellow who they simply refer to as the rookie and you're you're part of the team like a new recruit on the team. Now, the team I've got to discuss the opening of this game before we get any further. If you watch the uh one of the one of the uh trademarks of Ghost in the Shell is the major, okay? Now the major is sort of like the the head studette of the group, all right? Major uh uh Matako uh, Kusanagi, and she is, they just, most of the time, they just call her the major. Picture like the hottest anime chick you can find wearing the sluttiest outfits you can find. And that's what she is. She's the world's hottest and most slutty cop. On the flip side, she's also a cyborg. So she's really, you're getting into a weird area here. It's, it's, it's never fully explained that I ever saw. Uh, why she dresses like she does, I never quite understood. Because she's the only one. She wears outfits. There's an outfit she wears in this game. It is one of the stupidest outfits I've ever personally seen on anyone. It's sort of a combination of like a military bridal gown that's just they strategically cut parts of it out, and so they're just parts of her hanging out, you know. But the opening of this game 
is one of the most bizarre openings in the history of cinematic openings. It 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 shows, it, uh, presumably, it shows the major like connected to a uh, her computer, and she's uh, she's there in all of her hot glory, and she's I think she's either I think she's controlling one of the little robots, and it shows the little robot doing all the stuff that the little robots can do, shooting stuff and climbing on walls and stuff. But in the but apparently whatever it's doing is exciting the major greatly because she's gyrating and 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 being tied up in the cabling of her computer and being super duper like super erotic opening for this. It, it makes no sense. <laughs> for one thing, you're in the robot. Now, so I don't know. I guess they just said we're gonna do the most raunchy opening for a game. We've I, I stared at this in disbelief. What did you think of the opening of this? Yeah, I want to get your opinion on it. It, it. it was so over the top, it became uncomfortable. <laughs> there's a couple scenes where she, there's one scene where you you would swear to God that she was nude. Now she's not nude. She yeah, she's in wears, like a body sock. She uh, she often wears this like if you've seen the movie based on this, which I I avoided that like the plague, but the uh, uh, that that cream colored suit that the that they have the major one in the film that she wears that in, in the in the show as well. But I mean, it is the I would say of all the PlayStation games I've ever played, you will never find an opening that's more naughty than this, one. <laughs> especially for a game about robotic tanks. That makes no yeah. Sense. Well, and that's the thing. It I, it sort of sort of in a very small sense made sense because of the source material. Yeah. But in in a, a tune with the game, it made zero sense. Yeah. So it was it was actually uh it was somewhat off putting, to be <laughs> completely honest. Listen, part of me loved it. Don't get me wrong. Well, I know, but it, it made no sense. <laughs> but it, it, it was goofy. And I will say, I mean I watched I watched the show a lot, right? And her uh, her hotness is all on display. I mean, she is the selling point of that show. Absolutely. But the funny thing about the show is it's 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 a very incredibly deep, like super deep science fiction with a lot of stuff about uh the about your ego and and the, the resulting damage or situation involved. What is humanity? Some real deep questions, philosophical stuff. It just happens to be that the Part of the questioning involves the highest side. It's like cyborg you've ever seen in, in, in skimpy clothes. It is a. It's very strange. If you're a fan of the show, I should mention that a lot of the people from the show appear in a little cutscenes. Of course, you've got the major, you've got the chief. Bato was in there. Uh, Saito, a bunch of people that you would see. There were apparently they made about ten minutes of additional animation for this just for this game. So they yeah. had the full studio. In fact, the game was actually written by the same guy that wrote the movie. So, I mean, it's all, this was his baby, basically. Uh, and they and the uh, uh, the animation studio also works on a lot of games. So this was not foreign territory to them. So we've got, that's all, about, let's get to the actual meat of the game. So what are you doing? Your little tank is actually uh, the star of the show in this because you when you control this tank, it is one of the most awesome experiences I've ever had. You actually, the little tanks are almost like little like Spider-Man. They can just climb up and down everything, and they do it real cool. Uh, the the uh, the system of of combat in this, of course, this is an uh, a sort of an arcade action type game. Yeah. So you're not this. You're going around and you're shooting your machine guns. You're throwing grenades and you're locking on with these sort of like missiles. It's very gratifying and it's very smooth with the PlayStation controller. It really does a good job. Uh, you know right away that you're in for a treat. The star of this show, I mean, really, the whole game, the game is the is the tank. The engine that they use to to make the tank. Uh the uh the, that and they use that's the whole game. Like this game, I was I have to say I didn't it didn't throw any surprises at me. I didn't necessarily think it was like the best game I've ever played, but I but the fact that they had such a strong engine to play the to play the little tank. Uh, it that was the backbone of the game. I mean, really, it was almost like a one-trick pony, Brent. Uh, the I, uh, the the soundtrack on this is highly regarded. Okay, I'm gonna I want to get into the so you can understand the ambience when you play this. So you'll get a mission. They send you in. Let's just say uh, the mission is to cl- go in the sewers in, in pursuit of somebody. Okay, you take your tank down into the sewer. And the, the sewers would be like uh, shaped like a hexagon, basically inside, like a long. They'd be like tubes that you could walk all around, and so you would you would even lose sort of your sense of what's up and down because the tank can go anywhere. And then 
you would fight a a, bu- a series of bad guys as you went to the tunnel. Sometimes they're little bots. Sometimes they're people with guns. Sometimes you're blowing up stuff on the wall. And then eventually at the end of the level uh, that you would get to, you would be a boss battle. This is pretty much the way this game goes in almost all the levels. Yeah. Even levels where they have you taking out bombs or taking out uh, uh, separate little areas. It's pretty much the same thing. So there's, I would say the mission variance is there, but it's not like there's any great uh, brilliance behind it. Much like the story of this, which is sort of famous for being sort of a convoluted mess. I guess the guy tried to come up with some stuff you could use for the video game, but it, it really doesn't make any sense. There's a couple times where the animation, right, the second the animation ends to introduce the level, they immediately change what you were going to do, which tells me that they probably drew the animation before they actually finished the game. Absolutely. You know, there's one point in particular where they're like, okay, ignore all that. We've got to go stop some terrorists. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Uh, the uh, the boss battles are standard fight a big thing you know that, that some of the things fly there's a, there's one uh boss that's sort of like a, a cloaked and you have to kind of run around trying to fight him which that was pretty neat uh but for the most part most of the battles are pretty standard except for the ones on rails there's a couple levels on rails there's one on there's one where you're on a little boat which i found amusing they drop your they drop your they drop your fuchicomb out of, out of an airplane and he's on a little boat and he and he's in the water fighting people and it's on rails, but you can spin all the way around and target stuff. And then there's one where the Fuchikomo is on the on the uh, street, like hauling butt on this highway. And yet the end boss, and that's a big semi truck, which I thought that was pretty cool too. So I give him credit on those. But I mean, again, I didn't think they were anything special. I mentioned the music earlier. The, the soundtrack to this, they got a lot of big players to do the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was not good, but people love the soundtrack. It to me, it just seemed like. It seemed like something you could go to uh, go get a Casio keyboard and just hit repeat on a beat you put down and you bam that's your that's your song. Good, I'm glad you. I on one thing, if nothing else, we absolutely agree. Overrated soundtrack. I I mean, I was surprised how um, ballyhooed the soundtrack yeah. was, frankly, because I didn't think it was any great shakes. Uh, to I didn't opinion. either. Not so at all. Let me let me recap here. Are the bosses that big a deal? Not really. I mean, they are—they're just pretty generic. Are the are the backgrounds that appealing? Not really. They're pretty standard fare. I didn't see anything that really blew my mind. I did—I will say I liked the highway part, but that was the only part I thought was really cool. And at the end, you go up a construction site. That's kind of interesting. Uh, is the story arc that good? Not really. You know, it sounds deeper than it is, but I mean, it's just not that. It's not that great. It's cool to see the anime. It's ridiculous that they keep using the, oh gosh, we're going to get ambushed trope over and over and over. Oh yeah. You get ambushed like six times during the game. It's it's ridiculous. Ambushes and terrorism. The story the was dumb. The story, which I'm not going <laughs> to, the story was odd. Let's just put it that way. It, it, it disjointed. Um, it, also, you can get lost real easy. There's, there's a thing oh, that guys Oh no, I don't around. agree with that. I got lost in the sewers. Like uh, why? Uh, there was an arrow telling you exactly yeah, where to go. It didn't help because I, but I got there, but it, I got lost. Uh, I did use save states on this because I, I, I'm not good, uh, but I, I did manage to get to the third level, so I thought that was pretty good. All things considered, this game is considered easy. It's also considered short. It's got 12 missions. It is. Yeah, uh, a a good player could beat this game in uh, probably three hours. No, someone an like hour. me would probably think an someone, hour. No, uh, well, no. No, there's I, one hour of gameplay. Right, there's well, there's a if you're the stud of all no, men, you no, can do no, it in no, an no, hour. No, no, no. I'm saying there's an hour of if you begin the game and you've played it, you know, before, you've beaten it before, you can get through the entire game in an hour, no question. They uh well, I can't. Uh but uh, the, but I, the, so you're asking why is Aaron going to recommend this? Because I am, and I'm going to recommend it strictly on the basis of the fighting engine. It is outstanding, the, or the play engine. Uh, it's fun to drive your little Fuchikoma around. It's fun to climb the walls. The thing is super maneuverable. It can jump. It goes up and down stuff real quick, and it lets you play in, in your own special way. And, and and that that's what makes it fun. If you're a Ghost in the Shell fan and you want to see some of the uh, special animation, I guess that's a reason to play it. But again, it didn't blow me away, to be honest with you. Uh, If you're a fan of the music, I don't think you're going to do it there. So basically, come for the gameplay 
and don't stay for much else. My my opinion. What were your what were your overall thoughts on this, Brent? I enjoyed this game. Oh, okay. I I am I agree with almost everything you said. Uh, yeah, music subpar. Story is a train wreck. Goofy uh, would be my response to that one. The uh, uh, visuals are okay. I mean, they're very for the era. Okay. However, yeah. the gameplay on this is extremely fun, and yeah. it, it it instantly reminded me of Descent. If you remember that game, I do. Uh, and where you could have free control of you know going up on the walls and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I wish things like your missile lock were a l- was a little bit faster. Because of that, I hardly ever used missiles. Uh, because most enemies will die from the machine guns. Your guns will sort of lock onto your target Doom style. Yeah. Uh, if something's a little bit above you or a little bit below you and you shoot, you're still going to hit your target. I appreciated that <laughs> because I'm not what I would call like, the best aim. I, you know, It is unfortunate that they didn't do more with this engine than they did. Yeah, uh, I think that this engine could have been great. I think this thing could have done great things. Uh, it's unfortunate that they they spent so little time on the graphics. Everything is very gray, it, it, and the textures are very boring. Uh, the action is fun, and it, it's fun because the engine is fun. It should have been so much better. I would say if you if you were interested in Ghost in the Shell, play this game. Uh, yeah. Go and emulate it. Buy it. I'm sure it's cheap. Uh, if you are interested in the gameplay, but not interested in Ghost in the Shell, go play Descent. It actually gives you a little more freedom of movement, and you're still getting the same feel as you do in this game, in my opinion. Uh, and it's a better game. It's a, It uses the levels better. Where it's, now descent, you're in a spaceship, not a yeah. spider crab. Yeah, I don't see that. I don't see that. I mean, I can understand why you're getting that, but I don't think that play the the same at all. Oh, I, I, I think it's with you. because you're in so many little corridors. Also, this game, if you don't, <laughs> this is like Circle Strafe, the the boss game. Yeah, every boss, you just get the lore of the the boss to the center. And then you circle straight. How far and, did you get through this, by the way? I gotta ask. Stage four. Oh wow! Yeah, the bosses. I will say the the bosses are sort of they. they I didn't think they were that great, but it, it is kind of fun to. Uh, I could actually beat a boss pretty handily, and I was pretty happy with myself because <laughs> you know that that always happened to me. Yeah. I will say the controls, the strafing. You're right. I mean, it's strafe-a-rama. Uh, I, and I always use the missile locks. I would mostly use on the bosses when you had a, a, just a few minutes of downtime when the boss was doing something. You could you could lay in some missiles on him. But yeah, you're right. The machine gun does a pretty good job anyhow. And occasionally throwing out a grenade. This yeah. game, like I said, it's a, it was a fun game. I, you know, the people that made this made a game called Jumping Flash. Have you ever played that? I have not. I'd heard about it. It was like a big deal. And so this was sort of the culmination of the experience they got on that game. It's what I read. This game, I didn't know this until I got looked into it, but this game is very well respected and is considered like a big time hidden gem on the PlayStation. So uh, there, yeah, there you I go. Mean, it's unfortunate that they uh, uh, didn't do more. And I, I'm not saying they weren't or were or were not true to the source material. I'm not enough of a Ghost in the Shell fan to know. Uh, but... I thought the story was pretty goofy, but yeah. boy, that engine, man, it, it was good. It's really good. You know, one thing that struck me as strange when I got this is the fact that you don't play as the major, who's the big number one character. You don't play as any of the of the main characters. And I read that this was done on purpose because they wanted to market this game for adults. <clears throat> boy, howdy, did they market it for adults? Well, that's after that opening. But they would didn't want they didn't want the mage to be like a Tomb Raider style character, which I think that's probably why this game didn't do all that great. Uh, I think this game really. I'm not sure the license did this game any favor. I may have no. li- not even licensed it, but that's just me. I agree. So get I think this. it hurt it. Uh, review wise, this thing uh, did okay. I found a ton of reviews for it. Edge Magazine gave it 7 out of 10. EGA gave it 7 and a quarter out of 10. Uh, Game Fan gave it 87%. Uh, GameSpot, 7.3. IGN, 8 out of 10. Uh, Next Gen, 3 out of 5. 
So pretty good scores uh, for for the game. Uh, and I would say that those scores are accurate. I would put it in that seven out of ten area, personally. Yeah, I, I agree. I was, I was pretty good. Now get this: you mentioned that the uh, eBay. The, I looked the prices up on eBay, and I had this feeling that maybe this might be a pricier game because it didn't sell that well, and because of the subject matter, because of the opening. And I was dead on. This sold recently. Okay, these aren't like I didn't dig these up. This recently sold for $76, $85, oh, $112, $176. And the disc alone sells for 50 bucks. So yeah, this right don't here, go play it for that. <laughs> this right here is big money action. So if you basically come for the erotic opening, stay for the game. That's no. that's my quick that's my quick review of the no. Ghost of the Shell game. Quite a bizarre and wacky game, but that engine was top shelf. Absolutely, come for that. It was great. So, Brinster, that was my offering this week. Ghost in the Shell. What do you got for us this week? I wanted to pick something that the PlayStation wasn't necessarily known for, but had some incredible versions of puzzle games. And I went with One Piece Mansion. Not to be confused with the One Piece anime. Has nothing to do with that. Which that's what I thought it was until you mentioned it. I I was like, my God, One Piece? Oh, no. (laughs) No, no. And I I don't know why they named it that. Bad name. Bad name. Yeah. Uh, This is a puzzle game developed and published by Capcom. Uh, It was released June 2001 in Japan and then September and November in North America and Europe, uh, all still in 2001. This game, of course, plots for uh, puzzle games, really not important. Uh, this has you playing as Polipo, uh, a little Japanese anime character who runs a uh, a hotel a, a successful renting business and your sister has been kidnapped and the only way to get her back is to build nice hotels uh so the person who kidnapped her will uh uh respect you i don't no, know I'll be, compl- I'll be completely wait, honest wait a minute you're underselling you're underselling this opening here i want to rewind <laughs> you th- speaking of stupid openings they introduce this opening you've got P- popo or whatever his name is and his sister this and the character you play looks like an evil jerk yeah like that's his premise someone went to the amiga school of mascot building to get this guy <laughs> it's like let's make our lead character an evil jerk he looks like a landlord kid basically <laughs> And his sister's like, why won't you play with me? Why won't you play with me? And he's sort of no-selling her. And I'm like, how old is this guy that runs this apartment complex? <laughs> That's he's a got good a little question. sister who wants you to play with him. And they look the same size. All of a sudden, like, this sister gets beamed onto, like, a ship. And then there's a evil villain who's like, oh, I'm j- y- y- the fact that you've got a successful apartment, buddy, makes me angry. Yeah. <laughs> So you've got to perform seven tasks to get your sister back or just admit that you're that I'm better, basically. And your jerk is such a jerk that he just won't admit that they're better. He's going to go out and perform the seven tasks. That's the right. opening for this was one of the stupider things and more baffling things I've ever seen. That's Very right. Annoying. So you run an apartment building. And what you have to do is place tenants in a way that they will uh, not stress out other tenants. Basically, you have tenants that will produce bad stress, and you have tenants that will are pleasant to be around and produce healing stress. Uh, and, and it happens in a uh, eight-way star. You can affect... Your tenants can affect people above, below, left, and right, and the diagonals. So you have to position your tenants in a way that they won't get a lot of stress uh, because stress builds up, and once they are too stressed up, they will leave, and, and, and you'll lose that tenant. And you actually play in weeks. Every uh, four weeks, all of your tenants pay you money, and then you use that money to build more to your apartment and uh, get more tenants to come to your to your building. 
That's the game. Now, the extra added spice is the Syndicate Five, which is the evil organization that kind of, you know, is kidnapped your sister, will come and take up residence in your in your building. And they will actually come out of their room, go to other rooms, and try to mess with your tenants and raise their stress level to make them leave. So while you're placing your tenants in your building, sometimes you have to run your little guy around and, and yell at the bad guys and make them go back to their room. Or uh, they'll start fires, and you'll have to grab grab the fire extinguisher and put out the fires. So there is some action elements to the game, as well as the puzzle element of the game of positioning your tenants in a way that they won't stress the other tenants out. It's a very, very unique game. And the reason why I wanted to play this is this sounds very board gamey to me. Uh, positioning your tenants in such a way that that even you can have one that's causing stress, right? As long as you have someone else healing that stress and getting them all positioned is very board game esque, in my opinion. Uh, building your building, you have to build elevators to go up and down, and of course that costs money. And if you run out of money, you can't switch where your tenants live which makes it so if someone's in a stressful situation, uh, you can't get them out of that. So you always have to keep a little bit of money in reserve. A incredibly unique take on the puzzle game that I personally thoroughly enjoyed. The graphics, uh, all the tenants have sort of this animation of where they're causing stress. And some of them are just big brutes, right? That all they do is cause stress to other people. And some of them are these loving neighbors that just heal stress everywhere. So it's really kind of crazy. What did you feel with this, Aaron? How far did you get into it? How many tasks did you complete? And did you enjoy it? This is one goofy game, okay? I knew this is a complex game, all right? And yet... Simple I, I premise, complex I, don't, I played actions. this game for several hours, all right, for real. Okay. And I got to, the last level I successfully completed was the one where you have to build your building to make it 15 stories tall. Okay, well, that's pretty good. So I don't know how far in that is. Now, I want you to realize I got that far, and I had no idea what I was doing. Oh, that's I was unfortunate. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what was going on all the time. For starters, when you put the building together... You can make it so your landlord can't get to some of the floors because he yeah. has to use the elevator. So you've got to be careful where you if you accidentally put something somewhere, you could be you could hose yourself. You could have to take stuff out. It fly, it kept flashing a message on the screen that said it always said you're almost out of money. And I thought to myself, thank God this doesn't happen in real life. Because I would be seeing that message all the time. <laughs> but it comes up a lot. And so it's infuriating because you're waiting for the, the rents to come in. It is, I mean, as far as puzzle games go, I don't know if this is any good because I did not understand what I was doing. I knew how to build rooms. I knew how to move rooms and I knew how to position elevators. When it comes to the people romping around, I could get my little guy to come up there and yell at him. But I, so I assumed I was doing the right thing. But I mean, this game, there is no hand holding at all. There's no how to figure it out. Well, I mean, no, I'm that's not, not true. The, it, it didn't help me at all. It explains to you before you start the game what you are supposed to do. You can't remember that. And you, when reading, it makes no sense because you don't have any context. I just sat I there looking at that. that. But okay. Yeah. It, trust me. When you play this game the first time or the second time, you're going to be completely baffled. <clears throat> it does have a little chart that shows you your building as it's being built. I found the game. I, there's certainly a game in here. I mean, I mean, if again, if you grasp it, uh, uh, I'm sure you could find some joy in it, and the little characters and stuff. I really, the art style is unique. Yeah, uh, Capcom did this one, and so it's you know they're not going to slouch on the uh, on the art, uh, but it's also you. It's pretty repetitive. Like you have a lot of the same guys. I, I would like to see lots more guy, people to occupy the rooms, but I guess that's part of the puzzle element, uh, as opposed to being you know something that'd be fun to look at. Uh, I thought this, uh, 
this is a tough one for me to call, given the fact I had no idea what I was uh, I was doing. But even not knowing what I was doing, I did get I, fairly far in the game. I That's, think you got to you got to the third stage. Yeah, and and how many stages are twelve or something like that? Seven. And there's an I, and there's an endless mode. Yeah, I, I did I did try the endless mode. And I I didn't like that at all. I like the story mode a lot better. Plus, you get you don't get that awesome opening scene uh, where you, <laughs> which is so. I would give this game. And listen, I'm not going to play it again. I'm not going to lie to you. But if you're a puzzle fan and you're looking for something really, really out of left field, this might be your baby. It's got saves after every round, which is fine, which is what I did, and uh, uh, it was. Uh, it was interesting. It was not usual. I'll I'll go there. How's that? It, if you are looking for a single player, there are, there is no multiplayer in this. If you are looking for a single player puzzle game that breaks the mold, that gives you something new to think about, uh, I think this is an excellent game. I, I think that it's very playable, and you the beginning stages are set up in a way that uh, you. The game starts with some people already in your building. And stages one and two are set up that no one is stressed out at the beginning. Starting from stage three onward, the initial setup is someone is stressed or several people are stressed. And you have to move them around to get them to where they need to won't be stressed. Yeah. Uh, you can and tell I think when that's, the stressed ones are out there. Like sumo wrestlers that practice in their room. Yeah. People go crazy. People, you can tell when they're pissed off, and, and well, and the and the reason why you were able to complete stages one or two, or it set up already for victory, um, and the reason why you died at stage three is you had to know what was going on to fix the problems that were presented. I think this is an okay game. I, I would I would recommend emulating it if you have a, a, an itch. For a puzzle game that you haven't been able to scratch because you haven't felt anything that fit, this might fit. As for a casual fan of puzzle games, though, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste the time on this. Uh, yeah, if this it's is up somewhere, give it a play. But it is just complicated enough and just manic enough that you have to sit down and work with it for a little while to get good at it. Very good. You know, we did get, and believe it or not, this we did get a Discord review on this one, stunningly. Uh, in fact, it's our own John Boat of Karshaller. He writes, I always assumed that this game was based on the horrible One Piece anime, so I was happily surprised to find out this was not the case. I'm not going to lie. I almost gave up on this one. It's a, it's a lot more complex than your typical puzzle affair, but after I watched a tutorial of the gameplay mechanics, I could figure out what to do. The combination of direct control over the uh, the over the player as a security guard and indirect control while placing and switching tenants is novel without being frustrating, and the music is passable. The game shines because of its tenants. Watching the variety of folks who come to stay in your mansion as the game progresses makes you want to keep playing just to see who will move in next. The game is a shining example of the quirky Japanese puzzle games that grace the PlayStation in numbers never seen before or since. I'm a huge fan of this genre, and we'll be returning to this title again. So there you go. A there very you go. Po- a very popular with the boat. Did you get the? Uh, did you see the eBay or get any other reviews on this? Any of that stuff? I'll be completely honest, Aaron. I didn't think to look it up on eBay, but yeah. I will do so right now using the power of the internet. You know, I, I wonder how this sold, and I wonder, I never understood why they named it One Piece Mansion. Like, I, I that don't have, understand that maybe, as well. I wonder if there's some sort of, uh, something lost in translation on that, uh, because I, I found that an odd choice, especially given the anime, which I know was around back when this was released, so what do you this got? Can, this can be uh, had right now for the low, low price of $12. There you go. Uh, and if you're in Japan... And looking for a copy of it, you can get it as cheap as five. So not an expensive game. You know, I think for five dollars, I could absolutely see owning this game. Uh just because it's so unique. It, yeah. it is a very different take on puzzle games. And if you're looking for something outside the box, certainly I think one piece would not be uh your worst choice if you feel like you're really trying to learn something. 
something else that's outside of the box, my friend. And you know what I'm talking about. It's the freaking wheel. Let's you get can't, it done. You can't yeah. box up the wheel. It's impossible. No, you cannot. Here we go. So, uh, this week, we have added as our retro rewind piece, the 32X. That's right. And as our new piece, uh, we have added the Timex Sinclair 1000. Uh, this was the UK's gift to America, a gift we squandered horribly uh, but because it was stupidly done. So let's spin this sucker and see what we get. Here we go. And here is your winner. We have, what do we got? Steering wheel games. Oh. Steering wheel games. All righty. Britt, do you want to explain the rules of steering wheel games? This has to be a game... That is solely controlled with a steering wheel. Of course, pedals and shifters are allowed. Uh, okay. That does not mean that it has to be a driving game. There are steering wheel yokes count as steering wheels. Okay. That was my next question. Very good. Yes. So, so, and we're we're not limited to the arcade on this as well, correct? That that is correct. So this but is it has a real to be something that you know plays with a steering wheel. This is a wide open category then. Well, that should be that should be interesting to see what gets picked. Uh, hey, I want to thank everyone for turning up today. We had a good crowd today in the old uh, in the old uh, chat room, Brent. A, l- a lot of uh, people in here. One of our bigger uh, gatherings. We appreciate you guys for popping around uh, to check out our PlayStation coverage. Brent, do you have any? Uh, as we close the door here on episode one fifty one five zero, the big one fifty. Do you have any parting thoughts that you'd like to share before we take this thing to the house? Yes, I, I just want to remind everyone that uh, starting next week, we will be choosing people for our giveaway. Yes. Uh, giveaway for a lovely ARG lanyard. Hire. A incredible new wave uh, coin door keychain. And then, of course, the big prize... The one sixth replica of Dragon Slayer. This is mine. You can't have this one, but we've got one fresh in the box for you. I see. So what you're saying is, when you said that the giveaway would say sealed Dragon Slayer, you mean one that's st- you haven't even opened, sealed in box. Yes, I have one completely boxed up that will be going to the winner. There you go. So starting, I guess next week you're going to start get, getting that going. Yes, and the way it's going to work, you do not have to be a supporter. You never have to give us money. It is open to everybody. We're going to be picking people out of our community at random uh, throughout the next several weeks. Those names will be put on a wheel and spun, and we'll be giving away three prizes to three wheel spins at that time. We're also going to have a few uh, competitive nature things, maybe a couple high score challenges, maybe a quiz uh, type show. So stay tuned to ARG Presents to find out more details as the weeks go on. There you go. Very good, Brent. Very good. Well, thanks for joining us again. I'd like to thank everyone that showed up, all our friends. And until next week, stay away from the One Piece Mansion. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Hello to our YouTube subscribers and our Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for an amazing closing theme. Want to help keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at our new Patreon at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Graham, WFetke, Rolo, Olaf Hope, Anthony Jarvis, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Morris, Frodo NL, Steve Rackmason, Bernhard Lucas, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Jason Warns, Rob Black O'Hara, Andy Craig, Dave Velociraptor, Retroalogy, Hermsky, Rauschy, John Dykeman, Jerry Dennington, Z9K9, and Mr. B. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay, too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify or Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Email it to us at argpresents at mail.com. 
We film live every Sunday, 10 a.m. EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there. What has your ARG experience been like so far? Very roller coastery. Uh, can you can you elaborate? Uh, well, I mean, some systems you just don't look forward to, no matter what they are, uh, or no matter how uh, well they go, or or uh, you know what? Let's just start the show over. <laughs> really? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh! Oh, look at that. King Dog screwed up. I love it. That's my birthday gift from you right there. I got to start this whole thing again, and I'm going to edit it. You suck. (laughs) Here we go.